Hello and welcome to another episode of Hour of Healing. Friends, I am your weekly host, Joe Debra. And our topic for discussion today is the part two of gaps in marriage. Again, our guest is Dr. Bright J, who has his doctorate in physical therapy and also works as a real estate agent. Friends, if you haven't listened to part one of this discussion, I think it will, be, it will benefit you greatly to uh, take a listen to that. But we will pick up right where we left off. And so, Dr. Bright, again, thank you so much for joining the show once oh, again. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to be back here. Wonderful. So, um, Dr. AJ, uh, we were having a discussion about uh, what causes gaps in marriage and some of the things that contribute to it. We talked about the external factors and the internal factors. We talked uh, a little bit about upbringing. We talked about the culture. We talked about education, uh, whether the uh, amount of education or the less of education um, being also a contributing factor to uh, gaps in marriage. Um, we also talked about um, the reason or the uh, fact that most of these gaps exist because we don't take time to define why we get married in the first place. And so we did mention that if you are not able to um, be successful as an individual or independently, it makes it even more harder. We're not saying it's not possible, but it makes it even more harder for you to be successful with somebody else with you because you bring in mm -hmm. a whole human being with his experience or her experiences, his or her ideas and thoughts, uh, ideologies, beliefs, hopes, expectations. And so obviously that goes without saying that financial um, stresses is also the source of a huge gap in most marriages. Um, I'm not sure if I'm missing anything that we uh, we talked about, but you can certainly um, fill in those gaps for us. Yes, I think in a nutshell, you summarize most of that. And I'll add maturity. You know, maturity is not something we can define yes. by age, but it's very, very important. If you're not mature, it makes marriage way, way harder. You know, and so that's something individually we have to work on ourselves even prior to, because we live in a, in a day and age of instant gratification you know, where we want everything here and now. And so the patience is not that the culture of patience and working hard and all that, that's out the window. And so you have mm -hmm. a lot of people who get married, even already thinking, oh, if it doesn't work out, just get out. That maturity is yes. not there to know. Sometimes you have to stick through something, you know, to make it better, to improve it. And if you go in again, like we said, with the idea of what do I have to offer? What am I going to give? versus right out of the gates, oh, what am I going to get out of this? Then you're going to make it much, much harder with that approach. Wow. Wow. Thank you for that. So um, let's uh, then right, uh, just pick up from where we left off. So we've said a lot about these gaps and why the gaps need to be addressed. Um, but what are really some impacts if we fail to address some of these uh, gaps that we notice in our marriages, what are some well, first and foremost? I think then you know the marriage is just kind of there, just surviving. You know the joy that we're supposed to derive from it. You know there's a saying two are better than one, and there's a reason. If you get it right, it's probably one of the best things that ever happened to you. You know because you're not going through life alone. You have a partner, you have a companion. You know whatever one can do, two, two can do 
better, more, you know? And so if you get it right, mm -hmm. it's it's really rewarding in that sense. That's why it's worth every effort we put into it to try to do so. The other thing is if we don't, you know, any fruit out of that marriage also bear those challenges. For instance, mm. kids, you know, yes. because whether we yeah. like it or not, people around us pick up on all of those. And, you know, when mm -hmm. our marriage is suffering, the first people to suffer are the kids. But not only are the Absolutely. kids, our friends, our family, our co-workers, you know, you go to work already mad. Guess what? Everybody around you is going to suffer for that. So it's not <laughs> something very trivial, even though we may not see it as that. The extent of the repercussions mm -hmm. can really go far. You know, let's take you again, for example, not to put you on the spot, but if you're taking care of critically ill patients, but you're going to work not with the right frame of mind, that can be potentially, Absolutely. you know, dangerous for those. But if the same you go mm -hmm. into the work excited, you know, peaceful, enjoy, you might even go above and beyond, you know? Yes. And so it's very, yes. very important. I always, I bring a lot of things back to when they say charity begins at home. That's very, very important. So a lot of things, that home Absolutely. base is what sets you for anything that follows. And so to me, that mm -hmm. is very, very important. And it's so crucial. That's why we have to at least work at trying to get it right. But we ourselves will suffer, our spouses will suffer, our kids will suffer. For that matter, our whole environment, uh, whoever comes in contact with us is going to bear that responsibility. But if you flip it around, by the same token, if we do better, then all those people also benefit. Yes. You know? yes. And so it's yes. very, very important we try to improve that and try to get better at that. You know, Make it enticing for others so they will want to model those sort of marriages. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. And I mean, our finances also suffer oh, uh, drastically. And, uh, <laughs> you just, like I said, you as an individual, emotionally, physically, financially, mentally, there's no let out. Because this is something that becomes a daily yeah. struggle. You know, it's not something you absolutely. can park and then continue. Absolutely. No, it becomes a daily. That's why, unfortunately, like I said in the first episode, sometimes so many people get to the point where mental illnesses, you know, or even sometimes, unfortunately, right. to the extreme of killing people. Sometimes it's hard to understand yes. why would somebody do that. But when there's a yeah. problem, it starts yeah. small and it keeps expounding, expounding, expounding. It leads into all these other things. So Absolutely. my thing is, you know, if we really uh, want to do and want to do it right, then we can just ignore. And my approach has always been, uh, you know, whenever some problem starts, try to solve it when it's small so it doesn't become big. It doesn't eat you up. You know, sometimes Absolutely. that's not an easy thing. Some conversations are uncomfortable, you know, because somebody may not have ever even had that conversation before. And so now yeah. you have to yeah. understand the background. You know, you have to understand nobody exists in a vacuum. So you have to look at things in a context. You know, mm -hmm. I used to tell my mm -hmm. wife, I remember when we were dating, I meet, I, one time we we're going to meet my family. And the first thing I said, we allowed. And there's a lot of us. And I said, are you sure you can handle this? You know, and I knew at that time, you're not necessarily looking down the road. You think, oh, I'm just excited. I'm getting married. Like, yes, Mike, but you know what that really means. Because Absolutely. you're going to have to deal with these people going forward. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> you're going to have to so deal with that. They ain't going nowhere. Find ways <laughs> and figure that out. The easier your life is going to be because you're going to have family functions. The same people are going to be coming. Yes. You know, yes. and it's not every function that I have to be there, they becoming your family. So as much as they're going to adapt to you, you also have to adapt to them. But once you thrive, then guess what? You have your own friends. I don't even have to be around. 
And sure enough, I mean, sometimes my sister will call me and she's spoken to my wife more than she's spoken to me. I'm like, really? And then the one to tell me, hey, do you know your sister is doing this? I'm like, are you kidding me? How did you know? Well, I was talking to her. What? And so then, <laughs> you know what? I go to bed and I, I thank God. Because that's yeah. less problems yeah. for me. If they didn't get along, I will have to be always trying to figure this out. But thankfully, because, but it took work. I used to have to call every day, at least once a week. Have you called my sister? I call my sister. Have you called my wife? You know, it took effort and work to make sure you value those people and don't just make it passive and just think, oh, they just know. I'm like, no, you don't know what they may be going through. But now if both yeah. of you are dear to me, you have to also cultivate a relationship outside of me. That way, if I'm not yes. there, you have that going. You know, same with my parents, same with your parents. We have to work at it. And it's a process because if you're looking at being in this marriage forever, then it's a journey. So with that journey, we have to start somewhere and then you will see the fruit over time and it will get better. You know, it's actually um, uh, uh, sad uh, when you're talking about this because, yeah, we, um, because of our mm -hmm. culture, this is something mm -hmm. that we uh, are uh, kind of trained mm -hmm. or raised to expect and mm -hmm. to do. Um, uh, but uh, recently I was talking to a, a young friend of mine whose marriage is at the verge of breaking mm -hmm. up. And this is really the um, uh, bedrock of that mm -hmm. issue that the uh, one of the partners um, just uh, feel she doesn't, uh, he doesn't need the other person's mm -hmm. family. And so it's like, okay, I'll stay to myself. Right. I don't right. need anything to do with um, their family. And that has yep. gradually persisted yep. uh, to a point where right now, yep. uh, honestly, as I talk right. to you right now, I don't know right. what the way forward is, but we're still praying for right. more grace and uh, more wisdom to be able to assist in any way we can. And I think um, for um, the uh, uh, couple, I think the, the family also has to help in that mm -hmm. sense. As you mm -hmm. said, that you, you, you tell your sister, have mm -hmm. you checked oh, yes. in on uh, this oh, yes. person? Sometimes it may get to a point where it might feel painful right. that you are outreaching right. and there is yeah. no response coming in. But yeah. to... Yeah, but to try to help the, the, the union that uh, your family member and another person has formed, you sometimes have to keep pushing um, uh, through that. So thank you for share, sharing that with us. Um, I, I, I want to uh, piggyback on something that you said about the mm -hmm. children being uh, impacted mm -hmm. uh, when these gaps are not addressed. Uh, because, I mean, let's face it, we all know people that grew up in not ideal right. environments uh, some financially not ideal, some spiritually not ideal, some emotionally or communication-wise not right. ideal. And so when such people, um, when you live with such mm -hmm. people, you realize that even the things that were not communicated mm -hmm. to them verbally are the very things that they are doing or they are right. showing. And so I think it, it has a very profound uh, impact on especially the kids right. that we raise or the gifts of kids that we've been given to right. raise. But I also want to take it on the flip side and ask your opinion on this, that um, to me, I personally believe that if there are gaps and they are not addressed, mm -hmm. that when children mm -hmm. come in, they kind of um, make it even right. wider. Right. Um, but uh, what is your um, opinion oh, yeah. or thoughts on because, that? You know, kids expose the gap. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They put a shining light on it. Because as adults, you can kind of manage it and do your thing. 
But when kids come Absolutely. in, some things you can't hide anymore. So, for instance, I yes. think a lot of people, again, like we ask, but what's the purpose of getting married? When it comes to children, what's the purpose of having kids? Is it just because we're married, so now mm -hmm. we have to have kids? So, a lot of people don't even have that conversation that they don't understand the responsibility of trying to raise kids. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a reason why a scripture says, train the child the way they should grow. What does it mean to train? So a lot of couples don't even try to figure it out. Wow, this is a huge responsibility. That one, I can't Absolutely. do by myself, so I need constant grace from God to try to be able to do that. But I think once you even understand the scope of what that responsibility is, it lets you know, one, you can't do it by yourself, and two, you and your spouse yes. really need to have that understanding of how we're going to try to approach this. Correct. Because otherwise, that's what makes the gaps bigger. Because I'm saying go yes. left. He's saying go yes. right. Now the kids are in the middle. We're confused. What do we do? <laughs> and sometimes we think when they're young, it's not important. But what we don't realize is when they're young, they're still picking up even on the non-verbals. They might not be able to say it. Absolutely. But they experience Absolutely. And kids are sharp. They're smart. I always tell people, don't underestimate kids. And there's research that even tells you, I think by age three or four, kids are set kind of in their ways. So before they can even tell you what they know, They've already picked up from the parents how you go about things. Correct. So a lot of us, when they're eight, nine, right. ten, we try to beat around the bush. We forget what well, we set them up already at by three to four. And mm -hmm. so for me, again, it's one of those things where it does it doesn't mean you know everything, but at least you realize and acknowledge that hey, you know, we're trying to hopefully God bless us with kids. Maybe in the next year, how are we going to raise them? What Absolutely. what what is our plan with the kids? You know, we won't cover everything. We'll remember everything. But what are some of the things we're no. going to make sure we're in tune? And it may be, okay, simple things such as, you know what? We will never disagree in front of the kids. Even if we have to disagree, we'll make sure they're not around. And then we can figure it out. Because mm -hmm. we're humans. We're not going to agree on everything. But some of the little, little things, how are we going to raise them? Are we raising them ourselves? You know, somebody probably got married and thought, I'm going to marry the medical doctor. I'm going to be a stay-at-home mom. That was never communicated. I thought, oh, I got someone who's very independent, who's going to work. So we're going to raise. Now we, as a, now we got a problem. Because <laughs> they never occurred to them. Maybe the medical doctor thought, I want to raise my kids. So maybe now you're working. But all these things have yeah. to have conversations and try to come up with some way, some structure generally. Things will happen where they have to be tweaked. They have to be changed. Absolutely. Maybe once sets of parents live close by, do you just assume, or oh, they're just going to move in the help of the kids? But you haven't worked out the relationship between the other spouse and the in-law. How's that going to happen? <laughs> you know, so a lot of these things, when you look at it in terms of Jenny, that is why it makes it easier for you to put the effort in. I tell you, that first two years when I was trying to make, I'm trying to figure out the marriage out myself and my wife because we're just not living. But at the same time, even extra responsibility of trying to get on my parents, get on my siblings, Make sure you call in my wife. It's a birthday. Have you checked in? And then get on my wife. Make sure you're trying to create a family unit. Because if you don't, we're all going to suffer for it down the road. And especially when Absolutely. kids come. Because who, who's yeah. going to celebrate the birthday? Whose house are we going to? Well, I never want to see your parents. Or who is even yes. coming? <laughs> you know. And so it, it's one of those things I think we really have to understand when it comes to parenting. It's a huge, especially in this part of the world we live. And one, Absolutely. we have to realize we can't do it on our own. We can't do it by ourselves. We need help from God. And God also works through people. And some of those people are the parents and the families, the uncles and aunties and friends. Friends are all community. And so we have to Absolutely. work at those relationships.
That's why the first relationship between the two couple, and then you built all the other relationships out of that. You know, when kids come, where they going to school? Going to private school, public school. You know, is it because you have maybe religious beliefs? You don't want them to be exposed to some of these things. Mm-hmm. If you haven't figured it out and talked amongst even as a couple, then guess what? The kids are just going to expound that problem because you just assumed. Well, I just assumed you understand. Well, I also just assume you understand. And then that sometimes actually is Absolutely. what leads to more of a divorce route because now they're shining Correct. bigger light and things that you can ignore, you can't ignore anymore. They bring this to the surface over and over and over and it becomes a point of frustration. Absolutely. Yeah. And um, I, I uh, just are, are trying to keep us on right. track so we, we can uh, make this in time. But I, I think uh, it's, it's again, I, I said this in part one, um, that it, it, these are practical. Mm-hmm. These are things that we hear mm-hmm. of, we see, we face, we mm-hmm. deal with on a daily basis. Um, I, I don't remember the name of the uh, pastor per se, but I listened to this African um, preacher who said the first sermon that a child, mm-hmm. any child, should hear is not what a pastor gives mm-hmm. in a pulpit, but the sermon of the relationship between mom Correct. and dad. And uh, he went on to expand on it further, some of which we've alluded to. But the, the truth of the matter is when you don't close these mm-hmm. gaps, when you don't work on these gaps, yes, granted, you're not going to be able to close all of them. But when you don't work on them, when you are not actively engaged in working on them, then the cascade of effects becomes something that affects the community as a whole. um, But let's uh, go right on. And now we know the gaps. Now we know uh, what some of the consequences are, even leading to divorce if we don't close this gap, whether in the church, Mm -hmm. in the workplace, in the society, in our homes and within the families. So how do we go about closing these gaps, Dr. J? Very good, very good, very good. First, we want to have to, one, acknowledge it as we've done. Two, we want to do better. We have to make that choice. You know, uh, one of the things I like, even in scriptures, in everything, we've been given a choice. You, yes. you, I have to decide, do I want this to be better? Do I want to be better? And what's my role in doing so? And that's the first part because these things don't happen by accident. You know, it's a daily struggle. It's a daily challenge. Your marriage is not perfect. My marriage is not perfect. So when we say this, the only thing that I think I know that helps us is that we know we want to do better every day. That's a choice as an individual the person has to make. And, you know, in doing so, then the other thing, again, as believers, then we have to acknowledge we cannot do it on our own. That's also mm. very, very important. You know, it says the spirit and the flesh, always constant battle. Sometimes you know what to do, you still can't do it. There's a reason, <laughs> you know? So you have to be in tune with the spirit. And basically what that means with the word of God, with God, you have to be in a relationship with God first. A lot of these things where I have the right relationship with God, it's hard to do. You know, that's why the Bible Absolutely. says, how can you say you love God, who you don't see, but you don't love the person you see every day? You know, you have to make Absolutely. it right with God because he's the one, he's, he's the source of all of this. He's the one going to teach us all of this. He's the one going to lead us into all truth, direct us, love. All these things that we hope to espouse, we have to receive it first and understand it. That's why my favorite scripture, I think, in the last few years in, in Bible is Proverbs, where it talks about, in everything, get understanding. Even if it costs you, every, there's, a, there's a reason everything. for that. Yes. 
You know, <laughs> wisdom and understanding. If you don't have the understanding and you just do things just because, then you crash. But when yes. you tap into yes. any and everything, before you do anything, you know, we used to have a song in our local dialect, the Presbyterian say, in any and everything you do, I go and ask God if it's pleasing to him first. Yes. Right? Yes. He is first the source. Once you make the choice, you have to go to him. After all, the template we as believers are following is that we, he has given us. And so yes. nobody else can teach you. You have to go to the source. And he's given us the source, his word. And it's such that it's available to any and everyone in whatever language, Spanish, English, whatever. You and <laughs> it's no wonder you need a prerequisite. That's the beautiful part Absolutely. about it. You don't need any, you know, go through this person. No, 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 no. All these men of God, we, we sometimes even allude to. In the end, they also have marriages, and sometimes their marriages are not, nothing to even rival about. It's not about mm -hmm. status. Mm -hmm. God is about accessibility and availability. If you yeah. get to Him, He'll show you all these little things. He says those hidden and true things. He let us find. So to me, that's the first and foremost. So when I see somebody, blah blah blah, and like I said, I have two very close people who are going through divorces now. And one of them, because, and, and a lot of them, I mean, honestly, it's part of these gaps. But fundamentally, because yeah. they even both sets are still Christians, that lets me understand. They haven't understand what it means to let go and let God take control. They don't understand that mm -hmm. part. And that's something you have to do individually before even the marriage comes in. You know, that love and forgiveness <laughs> is only when the Spirit of God is in you. You know, I just tell people, we recite, forgive us our trespass, we forgive them. Like, yeah, you don't understand what you're saying. <laughs> Because when somebody external wrongs you, it's not a big deal. You know, I might not see them, blah, blah. And when there's somebody right next to you, that spouse, that <laughs> child, that parent, that's when you know you're practicing forgiveness. And it's painful. But the only reason it is because when you don't let it go, when you don't give the will of God and let God take over, it becomes almost impossible. But the beauty of it is once you let God take control, it's a pruning process. You won't get it overnight. But you slowly and methodically, you will learn through podcasts like this, through Bible classes, through messages, you know, anointed messages from men of God. You will learn little things, you know, that will help educate you. You know, once you have the base, which is scripture of God, the rest become the practical part. You know, you educate, you read books. That's one thing where a lot of us lack. You know, you try to find and expose <laughs> yourself to marriages that have been around 10, 15, 20, 40, 50 years that are thriving and learn from them. They went through the same challenges some of us. Sometimes they even went through worse challenges. Absolutely. Find out how they overcame it. You know, and that will help us know. And then we become that for others. You know, and so it's, yes. it's, it really is. And I hope at the end of the day, that's the point of this podcast you do. It's not only identifying the problem. But it's also healing through that problem and getting on the other side. Correct. And then that's Correct. the key. When you identify the gaps, the, the whole point of this is not just, oh, this is a gap, this is a gap. It's okay, now what do you do with the gap? How do you bridge from one point to the other? Where now that gap is now a strength. It's now a blessing. It's now an asset. You know, and we can do it. Yeah. We just have to decide to, want to do that. It's hard work, but it's valuable. And at the end of the day, it becomes a blessing for all of us. Yeah, I'm very happy that you mentioned that you have to choose yeah. to do yeah. it. 
Um, and um, the one of the podcasts that we've done, uh, I'm not sure if we aired it yet, but um, I know we have the recording for sure, that is Healing the Foundation. Mm -hmm. And that goes directly to what you were um, uh, describing, having that relationship with God, forming that basic foundation. Mm -hmm. um, I listened to that and then um, be able to heal from there. But one of the other things also that I also uh, want to share as far as how we go about um, addressing this, it's not just even the idea that um, you have to realize that it's a problem per se, but when you know that this is a problem and you want to be able to work at it, then you open yourself to that vulnerability that allows people to come in to be able to even help you. When you don't make that choice that you're talking about, then it becomes a real challenge because one, you don't probably accept that this is a gap. And if you think it's a gap, you don't think that it's going to cost you. And um, uh, there's uh, this couple that uh, I'm chatting with them and they're telling me all these problems that they have identified. And then the wife says, but that is not going to affect our (laughs) marriage. And I said, I said, why? She said, well, it affects other people's wow. marriage, not my wow. marriage. And I had to be very frank with her. I said, but you know that consequences of actions don't vary based right. on what you right. believe. Right, they're principles. If, <laughs> yes, if A is going to yield yeah. B, no matter the environment you put it in, Good. that is the result that's going to happen. And so to our listener, these are some of the things that you need to start working right. on. These are some of the things, um, being vulnerable, allowing yourself to be receptive to the things that come to you. Uh, Dr. Ajay did mention reading books. Um, if you don't like books, listen to audiobooks. If you don't like listening, find someone who likes to talk like right. us. We will, we will talk right. all day. But I, I think that we um, kind of limit ourselves in a way, and the limiting of ourselves is what eventually leads us to um, the problems. But I want to um, go in a little further and then ask you, because our unbelievers, uh, friends, also do go through troubles in their marriage as well. And so for the person who doesn't have a relationship with God, hasn't made a decision to um, build a relationship with God or heal that foundation, what other means is available to them uh do they seek counseling do they seek professional help um so how do they go about um i I will pick back a little bit right on the last one and continue with that um there are a lot of christians a lot of friends that i've had where i tell them man you're very proud and they look at me like what do you mean because we see pride (laughs) as oh i've never boasted about things i'm like yeah but if you're not humble to accept your faults that's pride that vulnerability it comes to being you know not proud and that's where a lot of us, we don't see ourselves as proud, but that's what we're exhibiting. That's what we don't. You know, I have so many of them. Yeah, I would say something. They're like, well, I've never insulted blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you don't see yourself as proud, but that's what this is. That's why I also think it's very interesting. I always go back to one of the texts. says, if my people are called by my name, well, I, I always say it's interesting. The first thing he said was humble themselves. Humble. You know, yes. I always pay attention <laughs> in the scripture. Because inspired, the sequencing is very, very important. So a lot of things, like you said, the only reason, you know, when you make that choice, part of the way you make that choice is, 
accepting that vulnerability. Because if somebody is going to come in to help you, you have to bear it all, which means it makes you yes. vulnerable, makes you naked, which means pride is out the window. But a lot mm -hmm. of us, that is the problem. Do you know who I am? I am Dr. So, so and so. No, I can't <laughs> let somebody know I, I, I'm making a mistake with this. So then we keep beating our head against the bush, you know? And so, no, I think a lot of us have to learn, understand, and define some of these things where traditionally we may not see ourselves in some of these roles, but yes, pride is a huge, that's why even the scripture says pride goes before a fall, you know? And a lot yes. of people think just yes. because they're not flat, no, my car, they, we think of pride in traditional sense, but we don't realize the <laughs> lack of humility or openness to help, to assistance. And we all been there. I've been there. I remember I was always in a place where I wanted to help people, even as a student. And I got to a point where I was Absolutely. in trouble and people want to help me. Like, no, I got it. And you don't think of it as pride, but that's what it is. You know, yes. and so yeah. that's very, very important. But, you know, for others that may not be necessarily believers, you know, one thing that I think is still true, principles, they work whether you believe on it. It's a golden rule. Do unto others as you want others to do to you. That's why I mm. went back to the first thing we do is, is what do I have to offer? If I'm asking for respect, right. am I offering respect? You know, if I'm asking for love, am I offering love? If I'm asking for peace, am I providing that peace? Yeah. A lot of things, I always say we can't worry about what the other person does. We can't control them, but we can control what we do. And the beauty of it is even the, the hardest criminal, the most stubborn person, they notice change. They notice things that they know, man, look at that guy. What happened to him? They might be confused. They don't know the source of where that's coming from. But true change, when it happens, is evident. Because it's our actions. It's our life. You know, I'm one of those people, I, I always tell people, you know, professional services, all those things, they're good. But they, again, they all start with making a choice and making yourself vulnerable. Because they're going to tell mm -hmm. you to go do something. So the point of it is, whether you do or you don't, that's up to you. It's up to you. <laughs> you know, so the golden rule is, is a simplified version, but it's very true. You know, scripture will put in another is love your neighbor. Who's your neighbor? Anybody else. We're all equals. One is no more important than the other. Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, it's the same blood that flows through all of us. You may be sitting on an escalator, I may be walking, but guess what? When we all bleed, we bleed the same. And so the whole idea is, I think just treating people the way you want to be treated and really think about it. I was talking to a sister this morning who was talking about all the blessings that had bestowed on her. And I said, you know, that's awesome. God is great. But you know what comes with that that you don't realize? The responsibility that you have to be that blessing to other people. You have to be a blessing to somebody else. <laughs> oh, I'm like, yeah, that's the point. And so, you know, when we're in marriages, the first thing every time I hear couples, oh, he's this, he's this. And I say, what about you? Yes. Yeah, that's the first thing I would say, bring it home. I'm not saying you're not the fault. That's not the point of that. But the point of that is you can only control so much the other person does, but you can control yes. your actions. And so, you know, when somebody's hating, you can still love them. Yeah. You don't have to hate them back. You know, if somebody's insulted, you don't have to <laughs> insult back. That is something you control. You know, but when you decide to try to punish them and retaliate, then guess what? There's only one way that's going to end up but you can want somebody to marry you but you can show them your love you can show them the respect you can show them the sacrifice all those things you control that you just do your part and let the rest be and that is true whether you're a believer or you're not a believer that's why even believers sometimes are worse with these 
That's why we talk about that. Even, you know, Christian marriage is collapsing because these are principles that doesn't matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, um, Dr. AJ, um, we're going to be wrapping up soon. Uh, but before I ask for your final thoughts, I will actually ask you this question and you can certainly lead into your final thoughts um, with this. That um, So how do we help the person who is in a marriage and the partner is refusing to accept that these gaps are creating or can or will create problems for them how do they also yeah. start it, it says to help us god right because <laughs> that, that's the hardest part is when you're the third person not in the marriage because sometimes what we don't realize is you know whenever somebody shares something with us that's generated from their perspective that's one correct and you know we all see things a certain way depending on our perspective and that's why i also correct. think the relationship is very important because i think when we have that relationship, even when somebody's sharing something with us, if we have that relationship with the other person, we can engage them. Because sometimes, because of what's happened in the marriage over and over and over, they tuned out. Or they yes. present the same message in such a way that the other person is no longer receptive. You know, one of the things mm -hmm. I always challenge people, which I may be wrong, but I always like when somebody comes in and says, oh, especially this is classic. You know, the woman will come and say, my husband never goes to church. They never go to church. I've said and tried everything, but he will never come to church with me. And, you know, I always ask them a piercing question in return. I said, what's your attitude at home? You may be coming to church every day. Well, I don't think that's wrong. You may be coming to church <laughs> I don't every think that's day, wrong but at all. if he is not seeing the benefit of you going to church, there's no motivation for him to go. And a lot of them take offense <laughs> to that because they think, well, I'm doing everything. I'm like, maybe you think you are. You know, but <laughs> I, I I will I will interject quickly because I've had a similar uh, situation. A, a elderly couple, actually, a few years, uh, well, quite a, a reasonable amount of years older than me, and then I asked them the same thing, and I I asked the uh, lady, I said, "How about you bring church home with you? Because if you live out the life that you want him to go to church right. to live with him or to for him to see in the house." He will start living that life or going to church with you if that's what it, it, it is. So I'm sorry, no, but I just no, wanted to interject with Because that. we talk about a lot of these things. The reason why I give practical situations is because those are what we live with every day. Christianity is not some spiritual vacuum. It's something <laughs> that has to show and be evident. So if you tell your husband, I'm going to women's fellowship meeting, true, you're going for an hour, but you didn't care enough to find out whether there was food at home whether he, mm -hmm. he needed anything, and that's your thing you do, you have to go to church, guess what? He will never be interested. You know, mm -hmm. and so when it comes to some of these things, that's one of the first things I say. It, 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 it's not necessarily you complaining or sharing, but the point is, first and foremost, he or she is married to you. And so you have to be able to engage them and understand and find out why or why not. You may not agree with it, Correct. but any person wants to be heard, they want to be valued. Yes. And if they don't feel valued by you, they could care less who you bring in, whether it's the bishop. Right? right. No. <laughs> that's the first and foremost. And two, that's why you also build a community of friends. And that's why you also build a community of people that both of you are also in that kind of relationship with. Because I strongly believe most things, nine out of ten, you always have to try to solve between the two of you. Because at the end of the day, it's the two of you that it affects. 
and the two of you are the right. one living it. I strongly believe that. But if for whatever reason it goes beyond the two of you, if you bring in any person in, if that person doesn't have a relationship with that other spouse, forget it. That's why relationships work. are so important. You know, before you can communicate, you have to have a relationship with them. Before they'll be receptive or even have time. But if you go bring your pastor, Absolutely. who he is, no idea who they are. It's not working. <laughs> you know, if you go bring, yeah. but if it's somebody, it could be their colleague, their coworker. We all have people, for lack of a better word, I think in our language, you can say your ferubi. I don't even know how to frame mm-hmm. that in English. Yeah, no, someone that we revere right, exactly. and um, respect. Exactly. Yeah. So you have to find that connection, you know. And then maybe once you present to them, but you also have to be ready for feedback. You know, in our culture, they used to have this proverb where they say, "Udi kaya court and just wait them." When you're the first one to file a claim, yes. it doesn't mean you know you, you want to sue. <laughs> you... <laughs> I have one couple where the young lady came. They're, they're very both very good friends. In fact, I knew the lady before this, the husband, and the husband has become very very close. But they were having issues. So the girl came to me, you know, and she laid out everything. And after she was done, I realized I didn't even need to talk to him yet. Because there's so many things that she's saying that herself she has to work on. And I think she was very upset with me because her point was she was just telling me so I could go berate him. And mm. I'm thinking, mm. I don't even have to go berate him based on this. I'm, if you want me to what be honest or do you want me to tell you what you want to hear? And so sometimes <laughs> when we even share these things, they all, we also have to be ready for that feedback and say, yeah. I want you honestly, you know, in as much as the person may be helping you with prayer, but when it's time for advice, we, we should be honest enough that don't tell me what I want to hear. You know, yep. tell me yep. what you genuinely think and we'll be ready to implement that. And so may God help us. I mean, it's a, it's a, constant, it's a constant struggle, a daily struggle. But with God's help, we can and we will be able to thrive in our marriages. God bless you. Well, <laughs> thank you so much, Dr. AJ. Uh, this is uh, fascinating stuff, and I believe we can just keep going and going. But, uh, dear listener, we will be ending here. Um, but basically, to summarize what we've discussed with you, I live my life on the principle that nobody marries their mm-hmm. enemy. Uh, there was a reason why you were attracted to this person in the first place. And yes, things sometimes don't work out. But making that conscious decision that you are going to work on the various things and the various gaps that exist in your marriage, I believe is the starting point. Everything else will gravitate to that and will be able to help. So um, like we talked about, gaps in marriage refers to any area of your marriage right now as you're listening to us where there is dissatisfaction or disconnect between you and your spouse. And that can even involve things outside of you that is influencing the relationship that you and your spouse have. It could be intimacy, it could be communication, it could be trust, it could be financial issues, interest, support. You can name it. Anything in your life where there is a disconnect or a dissatisfaction right now. Friends, we urge you to actively sit down, consider it, make that conscious decision to work at it. Because at the end of the day, if you do not work on this, it's going to bring about feelings of unhappiness, unfulfillment uh, in the relationship. And that is what ends up affecting the family, the children, and um, everybody else that uh, God will bring your way. There are people who I personally believe 
are positioned in our life to help us reach our destiny, our goals, that we are chasing away because we are not addressing the gaps that exist in our marriage. And so when they come, they are unable to stay just because of that. So friends, work on it. And with God being our helper, as Dr. AJ said, we will surely be able to overcome. Thank you so much for joining us again today for another thought-provoking conversation. Again, this was part two of Gaps in Marriage. God bless you for listening, and we will see you same time next week. Bye-bye.